So folks, last week, we just were continuing the adventure in the book of Acts. And Acts is a phenomenal book in the New Testament in the Bible. And over the last few years, we've been studying this, we've been looking at this, um, Andy and I and some of the other leaders here, we've been really thinking about what does it really mean to be the church here today in Carlisle and beyond. And you know, the, the book of Acts has really shaped and informed the vision for our church community, that we long to be a church who does family really well. We long to be a church who uh, isn't an institution but is a movement. We long to be a, a church where each of us increasingly know who we are in Jesus. Our identity is set into him. And we know what we carry in the authority and the power of Jesus. We increasingly want to step into that. So Andy and I see our roles like um, trainers and equippers. That we uh, long to be leaders who train and equip and that we want to spend our time doing that. That's what we want to spend the majority of time. And in fact, as leaders in the community, that's what it looks like, that we become trainers and equippers. And that's what we see happen in the book of Acts. We see a lot of equipping happening. And um, as we step further into this story, we realize that this takes all of us. This, this totally takes down the principle that we maybe understand as being part of a church. Like for some of us, we've been part of a church community. And um, I think it's deeply challenging. I've been part of the church ever since I was born. I was, had the joy of being born into the Church of Scotland. And my dad was a minister in the Church of Scotland. It's such a joy, that the heritage of that. But my understanding of churches has been changing um, over the last few years as I start to read the book of Acts and I realize, what does it really look like to be a movement? What does it really take to see the world change? What, does, what needs to happen in me? So that then I can help to multiply that into the heart of, of other people. And it's a deep work. It's a, sometimes a slow work. But I, I, I truly believe that he's calling us afresh as a community to, to co-partner with him and to do the deep, long work. And that through that, we are going to become a movement that's going to see things change and shift in this area and beyond. Like, I truly believe that he has us here on the planet because he wants to give us solutions for poverty and despair. He wants to give us solutions which are literally going to change the atmosphere. He does not want to have a people who consider church to be that thing they go to on a Sunday because that's not going to change the world. But he's growing a people who are saying we are so passionate about who he is that we long to see that multiplied wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we play. And so that's what we get the joy of looking at through Acts. And last week I just shared with you that because it's not yet Pentecost Sunday, which is coming and it's amazing. Well, I'm excited. Pentecost Sunday is, marks the point where Holy Spirit comes into the story. So we have this time we're talking about last week between Easter and Pentecost. And there's 50 days between Easter and Pentecost. So Resurrection Sunday is when they realize he's not dead. He's alive! They realize that the story, the promise has come true. He's not dead, he's alive. And, and that, that promise is for each of us. And that promise, we can step into each of us. And then for the 40 days after that, he, in his loving kindness, shows himself to some of his nearest and dearest and other people just to, just to say, I'm not actually dead. I'm alive. 
because we were talking um, that it was an encouragement that the disciples, even although they spent one-on-one time with Jesus, a lot of time with Jesus, they were still baffled at the crucifixion. They were just like, darn it, he's gone. Even although they spent so much time with him, literally saying to him, I will die, but then I will rise again. But when he died, they're like, oh no. Oh, gutted. And then when he rose again, they couldn't quite believe it. And so in his loving kindness, he's just like, I'll just hang around you a little bit more just to help you out here and just to help push this in that I'm not dead, I'm alive and I'm alive for you. And then he gathers them one last time and he comes together and it's almost like his conclusive chat with them. And he pulls together all of his key themes and in his loving kindness, he reminds them of the stories that have come so far. And then he sits them down and he just says, you know, guys, I I am actually going to go now to be with my heavenly dad. I'm going to go and be with my heavenly dad. But it's okay. Wait here in Jerusalem because I'm going to send the great helper in 10 days time. And um, last week, as we physically wait for Pentecost Sunday to come, I was just like, we can't go on in the story yet to Pentecost and pass. We need to wait for the story. And so we're having a season now of waiting. And we're focusing in on that verse in Acts 1-4, which says, wait in the spirit, in the city, until the Holy Spirit comes. Wait for the promise. Wait here for the promise. Now, just to give you a little laugh on the side, recently at a conference, and um, I don't, Abby's laughing because she knows. <laughs> so recently at a conference, uh, sitting on the back row, as we often do because we're often late to the thing. And so come into the back row, sitting down, and um, I don't know where you sit in the extrovert, introvert scale. Conferences for me are like, Okay, because there's a lot of people in the room. I call myself an omnivert. So I love people, but I do get a bit of a filling point to overflowing. And then I'm like, I need to retreat. I need to go somewhere, anywhere, but this room full of people. And so we've done like four, what felt like four million days of conference. And um, I got to the last session on the last night and I'm like, I'm quite tired now. And I've got conference head. Has anyone had that? Yeah, conference head. So I had conference head. So I, I, I don't really know why I came. I think, you know, when you like, you're on like automatic pilot and everyone's walking that way. So you walk this way. So I was just like in that day's place and walked into the room with everyone else. Worship started. And then as worship's going on, I'm just like, I could really do with just sitting in my room by myself right now. Uh, and so then I'm like, but I'll not be rude. I'll keep going. Like, join in, join in. So worship ends. And then you know when you're trying to gauge that point of like, is it now? Is it now? So I was, I was trying to gauge that point, And it took a little while. And then I just tapped Mur on the shoulder. I was like, Mur, I'm just going to go. And then at that very point, our, our like chieftain of the Scottish area starts speaking. And he's just like, so therefore, Wait in the city. (laughs) And so then I'm just like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to (laughs) wait. So I did wait. And it was awesome. Actually, I was really glad that I did wait. And then I did run out the space as soon as it was finished and and catch my snoozes. But um, that was just a little aside, just to bring you some joy. Um, So last week, um, as I was looking at this verse in Acts 1, verse 4, and I was pondering on this word, wait. And um, 
I don't know about you, but I'm rubbish at waiting. Like, I've never been good. Andy, I don't think he's ever received a present I've not told him about before. (laughs) I just can't wait. (laughs) I just, like, and he keeps saying to me every Christmas birthday, like, please, Rhoda, please just wait. Like, please just, like, let me have a surprise. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. He's just so awesome, this present. So, I'm sorry, Andy. Yeah. So, I'm not great at waiting, but I was sharing with with those of you who were here last week that through my sabbatical, I just felt the Father call me into a season of understanding what waiting in Him means and an increased independence that can be found through waiting on Him. And I just feel that as a community, that um, we're being called into a season of understanding what the wait looks like. And that in English, we were talking about last week, this word wait can infer almost a negative connotation, like you've got to wait for the good stuff. You know, like it's, it's, it's a funny word, wait, isn't it? Or I've got to wait in a queue, or I've got to wait here, or whatever. Um, but the Greek word that's used um, there in Acts 1, 4 is meno, which means to stay, to abide, to remain. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture that he was saying to his disciples, I'm asking you to wait for these next 10 days, but as you do, you're staying and abiding and remaining. You're not just, you're not just waiting, you're staying and abiding and remaining. And I was imagining the conversations that would happen in that room um, as they sat in the upper room together, as they reminded each other of the stories. Um, and I finished last week, oh, oh and then I love how we use that song at the start. Awesome set, Nathan. Thank you so much for that. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And we, we inferred this whole thing of, of waiting not as a stop thing, but waiting as an ongoing lifestyle thing. That as we go, we wait. That as we go, we wait for the Father to keep speaking to us. We wait on him. We, we have a lifestyle of waiting on our Heavenly Father. And um, this week, I just want to, to continue the conversation, because I think that this is the conversation that we should be having for the rest of our days. Because I think this is the calling on our lives, to wait on our Heavenly Dad, to, to be with him, to abide with him, to remain with him. And so, in some ways, I'm never going to do the fullness of this justice. Um, but we are going to take this week, and then we're going to take next week in a, in a slightly different way, and the week after that in waiting, and then it's Pentecost. It's quite exciting. So, no, no, that's, don't, don't worry, Andy, don't worry. Yeah, it's all good. Good. Um, so, this week, as we continue our theme of waiting and we start to dig in, what does this look like? How do, we, how do we dig into this a little bit deeper? I would love for us, we've got a stack of Bibles over here if you don't have one. Um, I would love for us to turn to John chapter 15. So, John is found in the New Testament, on the right-hand side of the Bible. And I would love for us to turn to John chapter 15. And we're going to just start right from verse number 1. If you don't have a Bible and someone next to you does, snuggle up. Say, hi, my name is. It's lovely to see you. Can I read your words, please? It'd be so amazing. So we're going to, I'm going to read from what's known as the message version of the Bible. Um, 
I love the message version of the Bible. It, this was a translation that was done by a mighty man called Eugene Peterson, who loved the Lord with all of his heart. But he also understood the original Greek very, very well too. Um, but he has written in a way which I just think is beautiful and reads like a story. And so if you struggle with connecting with the Bible and that some of the words can seem a little bit um, complicated, then I would just suggest that you try out different versions. You can download an app on your phone called YouVersion and that will give you like loads of versions of the Bible. And it's, a, it's fascinating to see the different translations and how they connect with our hearts. But we're just going to go to John 15, verse, starting at verse 1. Here we go. Are we ready? I'm just going to pray for us now. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for what you want to do in our hearts, for the way that you want to speak into our hearts and our lives today, for the way that you want to come and show us that you want to abide with us, you want to remain with us, you want to stay with us, you want to wait with us as we wait on you. And Father, that we would become a community that increasingly knows who you are, And because of that, we know who we are. And that our feet would grow down deep into the soil of your marvelous love. And that we would see greater things come. Because of our positioning right into you. May we know that we are loved so deeply. May we know that we are seen. May we know that we are heard. May we know that our lives matter in the story. So come, Lord Jesus, and have your way with us. Come, Lord Jesus, and and direct our minds and our hearts and our souls towards you, Lord Jesus. Come and have your way. Amen. Okay, so here we go. John 15. I... I'm the real vine, and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing he prunes back so that it'll bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken. Live in me. Make your home in me as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home with you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. Kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I've told you these things for a purpose. That my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way that I have loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I am no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends. 
because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me, remember. I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. This is a passage of scripture which we could talk about for a very long time. Um, and there are so many uh, different beautiful pictures that Jesus is using there. He often did this as we read through um, his teaching. He often used analogies and pictures to describe so that we could really enter into the story. Who here can, who can imagine a vine? Who here can imagine the branches coming off that vine? So we can start to enter into this story of he is the vine. He is the vine and we are the branches. And, and we get to the branches, they, they can't live apart from the vine. They have to be conjoined to the vine. There has to be an active connection for their nutrients and all that. I'm just going to come over here. Andy, a few weeks ago, talked about the, the soil and the seed. And the seed needs the right conditions to be able to grow. And, and it needs the water and it needs all these beautiful conditions. And then we get this. This is how many weeks old, Andy? Two weeks, two weeks old? Two weeks old. And Andy, you, you really said that you haven't done a lot with this. But the conditions... Yet watered it three times. The sunshine has come upon it. This beautiful miracle has happened out of this. I love the organicness of the vine. Like the, the, the vine is, 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 is just so beautiful. But those branches find life because of the vine. These little leaves here, they find life because of the stem. And the stem finds life because of the roots. And the roots find life because of the compost. So he's saying to us, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I, I want to give you life. I want you to be part of me. I want you to be intrinsically part of me. I don't want you to be separate from me. I want you to be part of me. But here's the bit which just blows me away. And we happen upon our little friend of a word, meno, again. Here we go. So in some translations, um, so like in the message, it says, live in me and I will live in you. In the New Living Translation, it says, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Like the branches remain with the vine to find their life source, then he's calling us to remain in him. No matter what the weather, no matter what the season, remain in me, and I will remain in you. There's a promise there. So he's calling us, to, 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 and he's inviting us, and he's giving us the choice. Remain in me. Would you like to? Would you like to remain in me? Because I'd really like to remain in you. But I'm not going to force myself upon you. I'm not going to force my way in. It's almost like he's just inviting us and saying, would you like me to remain in you? Because I would like to remain in, in you. And I, I don't know for you, but that is deep, like. That's really, really deep. Because when we think of this analogy of the branches and the vine, so the branches are remaining in the vine. And so therefore, they produce abundant fruit, don't they? 
Like there is such incredible fruit. And so he's using this here, saying, when you, when you accept my invitation to remain, there is so much good stuff to come. But he's also just reminding us as well that like the vine, he's like this really good dad. And sometimes, I don't know about you guys, if you've ever read this passage, I've sometimes struggled with this analogy of pruning. It feels harsh, it feels uh, painful, it feels uh, tricky. But those are like your loving heavenly dad coming alongside and just like, really? Do you think that's for the best? Do you think that's going to that's gonna end up with the fruit and the more fruit? Really? And he comes alongside us, and that's what the pruning is. That's like your loving heavenly dad come alongside you because he sees each of us as infinite fruit bearers. That's how he sees each one of us. He looks us in the eye and sees you are infinite fruit bearers. But he comes back to this and says, but you need to remain in me, and I will remain in you. And then we will see the infinite fruit bear. And that fruit can look like a thousand and one trillion million little things. And that fruit can look like all those things come together and collectively we start to change the world. That fruit is good stuff from our heavenly dad, which he longs to release in and through us as we remain in him. And he remains in us. And this this word meno, which then we see throughout the Bible in so many different ways. It just is so incredible of that of that deeper place that he wants to take us to. But sometimes um, it is painful. Like waiting on the Lord can be painful. It can be it can be an uncomfortable experience. It can be an experience which um, yeah isn't always filled with woohoo! This is awesome! Woohoo! Yeah, I love it. This is great. But that's why he says, remain in me. And I will remain in you. Keep going. When things hit the fan, keep going. Because I want to remain in you. And you remain in me. Huh. And then what I really, really, really love about this passage is that down to verse 9. Remain in my love. One of the questions that I've start, I start to ask myself um, a little while ago, but then I've started to ask other people is, um, how much do you know that you're loved? Like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you know that you're loved? 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest. By your heavenly dad. And then, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love yourself? Because he said to us that I love you, I see you, I know you. And in different um, sections of scripture, he says, love one another as you love yourself. And um, I just think there's something really beautiful about remaining in that that being. There's so many things that can come off this, but back to love. How well are we doing at remaining in his love? How well are we doing at positioning our whole bodies, our whole lives, in the love of our Heavenly Father? I command you then, 
because you know that you're loved by me to love one another really well. And um, you know what, guys? I, I think that we've got a distance to go in the loving one another. I think that none of us have a clue. <laughs> like, like, if we were to stop for a wee minute now and think what he's inviting us to do, he's saying, so just as the Father has loved me, I am loving you. So therefore, go and love one another. So just as the Father has loved me, I love you. So therefore, go love one another. So operating out of a heavenly place of love, love one another really well. Love one another in the tough times. Love one another in the good times. Love one another. And then what I love is the call that that goes now beyond the walls too, doesn't it? So we cannot keep that locked up in this space. But loving one another is painful. It's vulnerable. There's a, there's a, there's a deeper thing. There's, there's a lot of trust issues that come up quite quickly, isn't there, with love? Uh, there's the song, You Can't Hurry Love. You can't hurry love. Like, you literally can't hurry love. And I, I believe that the Father is calling us as a community to enter into a new and deeper place of loving one another really well. And he's also singing the song, You can't hurry love. Na, na. Yeah. Oh, beautiful Andy. Just came to you. That's amazing. You should join the songwriting team. That could be awesome. And I think that this is um last week we just shared a little bit that I've just been really reminded of of why the Father asked us to start this community, Carl of your Church, and that he asked us to start this community because he wanted to see uh, people in this city and beyond who don't yet know Jesus come to know Jesus. That's our original calling and that's why we're here. And the only way we're going to do that is by loving exceptionally well. And some of you are maybe like, oh, love's a bit wishy-washy, isn't it? Do you know what? It's not. It's the deepest, most brilliant expression of his kingdom that we can ever step into and live in. And um, there's a reason why he says in 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. But there's a reason why the enemy used fear to try and separate us from love. And why he tries to use fear to separate us from friendship and deep friendship. Why he uses fear to separate us, to isolate us, to get us into our own pockets, our own ways. And then we very quickly become an organization or an institution. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to do this life together, to champion each other really beautifully well. To have each other's backs, literally. Now, I know, because I've been round the block in terms of church. Hands up who's ever been hurt in the church community before. Yeah. So we, we carry our experience, don't we, into the present reality. And some of you come into this space and it's almost like your guards come up because of your your previous experience or because of what you maybe assume someone said or actually because of someone's, something someone said to you in this space right here. You know? But how can we become this community who are so anchored into this place of love? 
that are so anchored into this place of, I want to remain in you. Will you remain in me? How would that shift our trajectory here in this room? How would that shift our trajectory of our passion to be part of a clan, of our passion in our workplace, of our passion to see those folks in our family come to know Jesus, of of everywhere? Because it's not just about us, is it, in this room? This is all for this whole region and beyond, as he calls us to remain in me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Can we just stop and think about that for a wee second? You didn't choose him, he chose you. Do you know what it's like to be chosen? Do you remember when you were a kid and those awful things that I hope they don't do anymore? It's horrible. Where you've got a whole group of people and they appoint two team captains and they say, right, you can choose. You can choose who's on your team. I often was the last kid standing. And it's that gutting feeling, isn't it? It's just like, you didn't choose me. And I didn't choose you. (laughs) And just like your head goes a little bit low, doesn't it? And you're just like, but for that kid who's the first one chosen, why is it it's always the same kid every time, isn't it? Just like, I choose you. You're, I choose you. Like, but that's what he says to each one of us on equal measure. I choose you. Come come be on my team. I choose you. That is like a really deep thing if we stop and think about that. Have you ever clocked that recently? Jesus chooses you. He chooses each one of us. And then he goes on to say, You're not my servants. You're my friends. Oh, wow. Who wants to be friends with Jesus? Like, I actually, like, there's this dichotomy in my heart where I imagine being one of the disciples and thinking half of me would have loved that and the other half was probably quite scared. Like, he was a dangerous, safe person to be around, wasn't he? Like, Incredible, but he's he's inviting and he's saying and he's reminding you're you're not my servants, you're my friends. I want to do this thing with you together. I'm not going to do this thing to you. I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to walk it with you as a friend. And I need you as you need me because I'm remaining in you as you remain in me. But we're in a co-partnership now, and we're in this together. How beautiful is that? A friendship which starts to come about. And he finishes off this wee bit by just saying, I command you to love one another. So like as a, as a captain in a Navy ship commands the ship to go left or right in it, and those guys better do that, hey? He's, he's saying, I command you. This is a commandment, and actually, this is, this is so deep and so powerful, and this is going to change so much that I command you to love one another, and to love one another really well, as you remain in me, and I will remain in you.
Remaining is not simply believing in him, though that is crucial, but it includes being in union with him, sharing his thoughts, his emotions, his attentions and his power. In a relationship, both parties must be engaged. I'm going to say that again because I read that and actually it's pretty powerful. It comes from, there's a brilliant little range of commentaries by the dudes at IVP and it's from one of their commentaries. But this just really stood out for me. So are you ready to hear this again? Because it's good words. Remaining is not simply believing in him. Though that is crucial. Remaining includes being in union with him. So I'm going to get some audience participation now because I don't know if I understand what that word union means. What do you understand by the word union? Just shout out where you are. What? Join. Togetherness. Connection. Oneness. Permanency. Oneness. Anything else? Nice, Andy. Gathered around a cause. Going in the same direction. Union. What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. Safety. Living from another person. Anything else in union? Synergy. And bound together in love. Union. Sharing his thoughts. Sharing his emotions and intentions and power. Wowzer. <laughs> Sharing his thoughts. Sharing his emotions, his intentions, and his power. Pretty cool. And then this bit here, in a relationship, both parties must be engaged. That's really key in remaining, isn't it? And that's what I love about this invitation, that he's calling us to come in and join in. He's calling us to say, I want to do this with you. Like, I want to be in relationship with you to a whole other level where you get to share my thoughts, my emotions, my intentions, and my power. And that you get to be in true union. So there's such a beautiful oneness. So actually, my thoughts are his thoughts. My emotions are his emotions. My power all comes from him. My intentions are his intentions. And I think that's the how-to, isn't it? Of us closing the gap. Does it cost you anything to give away a little bit of encouragement? Who Did that cost anybody here? Did anyone feel a little bit frightened of that section? Well, I know I always do, okay? That's part of the reason why we do that kind of stuff. Because I know I feel frightened to walk over to someone else and say, you're awesome. That doesn't come easily to me. For Andy Fearing, that's like second nature. But it doesn't come easy to all of us, right? To, to, to see past ourselves onto the other. But that's what he's asking us and inviting us to. Remain in me, I will remain in you. And go and spread the goodness everywhere. 
Go and share that with everyone that you see, that you meet, that you encounter. I'm sure there was another reason why I was telling you that story, and I can't remember what. But we'll maybe come, come to that at some point in the next few years. So we have more of this story to do. And I think my, my sense is that um, there's two things in this. So remain in me as a practice, and I will remain in you as a promise. So remain in me as a practice. How are you going to practice remaining in Jesus this week? How are you going to put that into practice this week? How are you going to physically practice that this week? That because you remain in him, he remains in you, and therefore there is good stuff within you that cannot be contained to yourself. But then also, how are you going to remain in him? Like literally just sit at his feet. How are you going to worship this week? How are you going to just put on a CD and you don't know where to begin, but you're just going to sing or you're going to dance because you're remaining in him? And there's so many levels that this can come about. But what I just wanted to do is I wanted to invite the worship team to come back just now. And we're just going to spend a little bit of time remaining in him through worship. And I just want to really encourage us as a community. Now, we are, we are building in trust. And one of the biggest ways that we can build in trust is by you joining a clan. We can't emphasize this enough. This size of room, you, you can be easily anonymous for a long time. Really easily anonymous. But if you want to practice remaining in him, you need your people. The disciples were found in the upper room together weren't they? They remained, they waited in him. And that was probably deeply painful for them at some points when they're asking questions, when they're wondering, is he really going to come? What's really going to happen now? Maybe one of them would just have a freak out moment. And they're like, no, we're all right. We're all right. Because do you remember when he said this to us? And then, all right, all right. Or like, or like one of them would maybe just want to go now because we've waited for like a long time. It's been like one day and he's not come. I'm going. And they'd be like, no, wait, come on. Come on, you can do this. I've got your back. We can do this. And you know that the enemy's intention for us is isolation, is to push us into our own corners and try and get us to deal with it by ourselves. The Father's intention for us, each of us, is to be set into community. He is the great community God. We were created for community. He is community, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he is saying to us, do not do this life alone. Don't do it. I don't want you to do that. And so what we say here at Carl Vineyard, we are not a religious organization that requires of you. We are not a religious organization that requires you to join a clan. We are a community who is inviting you, who is inviting you into a deeper journey with him. And one of our expressions of that deeper journey is to join a clan. So I just want our clan leaders to stand up just now. So we've got Ricky over here. And we've got Shelley and Steve, if you stand up too. And we have Ali here. And do we have any of the... We have Helen. Helen, stand up. And we have Helen here. And these are your people that you need to go and talk to. And we've intentionally started with a few clans because we want to multiply them. And multiply them really well with depth. And we want to do friendship really well in these clans. And we are learning. We're on a learning journey with us all. But you need to come and say to one of these, these folks, I want to be in your team. Can I come and remain with you as you remain with me? Can I come and join your team? Or you need to join the Alpha course. And that's for those who are just exploring life together. And we're going to do dinner together on a Thursday night. And we're just going to chat this all up. And you know what? Maybe you've been part of church for a long, long time. But you maybe don't feel that you really know who Jesus is. 
And Alpha would be a brilliant place for you to find that out. And there's no shame. I've done like 15 and I love them. I would go back for another 15, no problem. And each time I learn something more about Jesus, we're all learners here. So what we're just going to do is we're going to stand up together and we're just going to finish our time together by just remaining in him, by celebrating all that he is in our hearts and our lives. And for some of us through worship, we're going to feel prompted just to walk across the room and to pray for somebody else in the room. We're going to feel prompted just to go and remain with someone, just to stand beside them. We might not even have words that we need to share, but just to put an arm around them and say, I'm remaining with you. I'm standing with you. And I want us to be that community that just mobilizes well, that we don't leave people isolated and alone, that we truly see each other in this space. So, Jesus, we thank you so much for the powerful work that you want to do in each of our lives. We thank you for that invitation to remain in you. And we thank you that from that invitation to remain in you, we find all life, all fruit, all goodness in that place. And we thank you so much for uh, the, the invitation to practice remaining. And we just celebrate the promise that you will remain in us. And we're just blown away that the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords wants to choose us, wants to remain in us, wants to come close to our broken hearts, wants to come close to us in our times of pain, wants to come to the deepest places in our lives and say, you are okay because I love you and I want to remain in you and I'm with you. I'm not leaving you or forsaking you. I'm with you. So, Father, as we worship, may you just come and do something in our hearts to remind us how much we are loved by you, how much we are seen and known by you. And that, Father, our feet would propel from that place, that you truly would be the center of our lives that you wouldn't be an add-on or an extra, but that all of our goodness would come from you. So Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus.